Hello and welcome back to Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. My name is Mark, one of your illustrious hosts here with you tonight. And we're here with my wonderful wife, Jamie. Hello. And we are here to give you, well, what we deem important in the world of wrestling and everything in between. I'm sure a lot of people disagree with what we have to say this week, of course, but we're going to be covering a little bit of All Elite Wrestling and a little bit of uh, NJPW as well. Not going to be touching too much on WWE. Uh, Not that WWE doesn't have the same product they've had for years. Yeah, we're still still watching. We're still tweeting at CAW Wrestling Pod. They're building up uh, SummerSlam, which will be in Detroit, which is at the end of this month. Actually, I really don't know. I don't remember. Um, They've got so many of them at this point that I, I can't even remember when they are. Uh, but they're building up to SummerSlam. We've got a possible three-way between Bianca Belair, uh, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka with Dakota Sky, or I'm sorry, Io Sky off in the rafters with her money in the bank. We've got some stuff going on with Imperium. Of course, you always have the storyline of the Bloodline, which has been quite possibly the one thing that's kept WWE interesting for the past like six months. Um, just we've hit a point to where Jamie and I just we watch it. I mean, we watch Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, every week, we're there. But we just it's a little lackluster. Little lackluster doesn't really do much for us, and we're always trying to focus on the positive of wrestling. And so of we're course. just going to talk about the things that we enjoyed this week, past couple weeks. What's coming up in uh, and mostly it was AEW and NJPW. The G1 Climax started this week on the the uh, 15th and 16th out in Japan, and both of them are for free on NJPWWorld.com. You don't have to. Pay for the first two of them or even have a subscription. The first two are 100% free. And I'm telling you right now, between that, the press conference, and the second I'm sold. Night, it, it, it sold, 100%. It's, it's, it's what, like seven hours worth of wrestling for free? It's pretty intense. You know, they have the conference uh, the first night. The night before they actually started the G1, then right. they had over three hours the first night, over three hours the second night. It's a lot, and this is the biggest G1 climax that NJPW has ever done. Yep, 32 with uh, participants. thirty-two participants. So very interesting. They're doing twenty-minute uh, matches, which is just perfect enough if you don't know who these guys are and well, you're legit, interested in watching which, it. This is a re- great way to do it's it. It's reduced down from thirty minutes of pretty previous years, but yep. with the amount of people they have, you have to do that. I like it though because it's like just sweet enough. You know, at the most you're going twenty minutes. You're able to see, you know, uh, everything that both of these guys can kind of produce in that time, but it leaves right. you wanting more. So it's just enough. Don't ask what that was. You're right. It does give you just enough for these guys to put on a great match, to not make it too much. And for, I mean, you're going to get eight matches on every single one of these nights with, with 32 blo- or thirty-two men in each block, eight men, I'm yep. sorry, 32 men overall, eight men in each block. Each night has uh, two blocks doing one of their rounds. So you're getting a total of eight matches. I mean, it, everybody it's, faces it's everybody amount. at one point. So it's really good. There's no like... You know, uh, this person got screwed over and they fell like massively behind. It's kind of an interesting thing, kind of like hockey to where, you know, you can build up your points and at the last second kind of come through. So it's it it is. It's a really cool idea. Um, I don't think NJPW cares what you say about uh, what about what you say about the company in general. No, not that press conference was anything. That was uh, insane. Yeah, it really was. So we're going to start off with NJPW, or do you want to go ahead and talk about what's no, going on in AEW? AEW. We're okay. getting a little bit off kilter like we always do. Um, but we are going to start off with AEW. Uh, I think the first thing we got to mention, uh, number one, Mark Briscoe. He's, uh, I mean, it's our AEW Jason with ROH. Uh, 
our thoughts and prayers to him. Hopefully he gets better. He has sustained a, apparently a knee injury. I don't know if it was in ring, outside of the ring, what chasing a chickens, whatever he's doing. Chasing chickens, it um, could be. But it seems he's like such a big part of ROH, so not to have him for a few months is going to be uh, really detrimental. Well, supposedly reports are saying he's more than likely going to be out for the rest of the year. The injury is going to require surgery for him to recover, wow. uh, which sucks because he was slated to fight Claudio Castagnoli for yeah. the ROH world title. Um, a replacement has not been announced officially yet. However, I'm sure if you go on the internet and do a quick Google search, uh, ROH has been recorded for this week uh, after, or I think it was after, or before Dynamite. Uh, so there are already matches set up in the actual card for uh, Supercard of Honor, which is next weekend, if I'm remembering. Next Friday, next correct. Next Friday uh, has already been set up, ready to go. So if you're one of those people where you don't want to watch the weekly show and you want to know who's coming or who, what the uh, final card for Supercard of Honor, it's out there. It's there. But I digress. Big ups to uh, Mark Briscoe. Hopefully he feels better, gets better, and we see him soon on ROH programming. Uh, but also we all have the... Tony Khan loves throwing together these tournaments for whatever reason. We've got I to... love them, and I really wasn't sure what they were doing when they announced a blind it was so uh, quiet eliminator too. tag team match. It was so quiet. Oh, yeah, they have matches for the blind tag team eliminator match. And they and never explained went, what hey, a blind weird. tag team was, but basically it was RJ City. And I can't remember who the other one was, but they were they were pulling names out of you know the little bingo right, spinny right. thing. Bingo hall yeah, selector. If your grandma uh, plays bingo, then you definitely know what that thing is. Yeah. But you know you got the little uh, round swirly thing with the names on it, and and RJ City happened to pull out some very interesting names for for this uh, tournament. Now, now it's been a couple weeks, so we've had a couple of teams eliminated. We had some teams like uh, Brian Cage, Big Bill. We had that was a uh, fun team. Uh, Daniel Garcia and uh, Sammy Guevara somehow got teamed up. Uh, there's just a couple other just really interesting Cassidy pairings. and Darby was really good. Uh, Swerve and uh, Keith Lee got back together yeah. for a single match, which uh, it's always fun. And I don't know why we're still teasing this like rivalry that they still haven't 100% finished, uh, but would love to see something develop from that, especially since Swerve is now with Mogul Embassy like 100% because Trench... Trench? Yes. Trench, Trench is now officially gone with AEW. God knows where Parker Borduro's been. Hopefully he comes back. He said he's I really coming back. Him. He said he's um, coming back. He's still on the roster. But on Dynamite this week, we had Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia took on Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen in <coughs> a callback to a you know a match that happened a few weeks ago. Uh, the Four Pillars match with Sammy Guevara and uh, Dan- or I'm sorry and uh, Darby Allen going toe to toe with MJF and Jungle Boy in a four- fatal four way for the AW World Championship. Uh, so this also develops the story of Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia kind of having some rivalry between each other. Uh, even though they've been on a team for, what, over a year, there's mm-hmm. some dissension going on with the Jericho Appreciation And separately, society. too. You know, like, both of them have, have kind of hinted that they are possibly not going to be with JAS. Well, Jericho seems like he might not be making it a choice to them. Yeah, and of the course, Don Jake Callis Hager, family. Jake Hager turned his hat in. That was a really interesting part of Said he loved that hat and now no longer has that hat. So that was a good little segment. I didn't end up writing that down. So that something more, worth mentioning. Finally, Jake Hager had a halfway decent speaking It was part. good. He really cut a halfway decent promo on he AEW really programming. Had, yeah, he had a lot to say and it had some validity to it too. You know, he said, I left a perfect MMA career to Which come he here because... He was 5 at 0 or 6 Yeah, at 0. he said, because you wanted me to be here. I came here for you. And if you're going to not give me a straight answer about whether you're going to join the Don Callis 
family or not. Like I'm I out. I can't wear this hat and turns on and gave I can respect hat. it. I, uh, I, I, I like the the idea that Jake's kind of doing his own thing too, and is the first one to just openly be like, "I'm out." Right. And if you followed Jake Hager's career for the past couple of years, he was Jack Swagger in WWE. Had a really good run for a very short amount of time until he got into a little bit of trouble. Had some. Uh, some nose candy and a little bit of weed on him got pulled over and ended up kind of ruining his world uh, world heavyweight championship run and it kind of like soured Jake Hager. Too bad, man. That whole thing was just really, really good. And you can really see how well he's developed since then, uh, even just in his speaking. And of course, Cody Rhodes, very famous for having a lisp when he was younger, uh, has now completely overcome it. You can hardly un- or even hear it anymore. Yeah, same, same with, Jake. with Jake Hager. It was very, very little of a. a of his normal lisp that he has. You could very hear him concisely, very clear. Uh, I don't know how we got on Jake Hager from the tag team matches, but I just wanted to kind of throw out that, throw that out there. Jake Hager, like hopefully doing something more than just being the hat wearing guy. Yeah. And hopefully the, the Jericho and co, you know, groups will kind of fizzle out so we can get a little bit more of a, a singles run from some of these people that I think have been stifled a little bit by being in a group with Jericho. Oh, but, for sure. But, I mean, da- uh, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara, are a perfect example of that. Yeah. And I mean, who they're fi- who they faced later on is an even bigger per- example of that. A- absolutely. But they end up going uh, up against Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen uh, this Great last match. week on Dynamite. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen are just a really fun team. Doesn't make sense, but uh, you no. know, with their wrestling styles, it really works. It's like the yin and yang. Two smaller guys. Yeah, really fast, both, yeah. very quick, very precise. Well, I mean, you've got it was, it was you've fun. Got sloth style and you got goth style. I mean. It's, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he, it really is. Like he, uh, Sammy Guevara, or Sammy Guevara. I apologize. Uh, Darby Allen goes out there and swings for the fences. He throws his body around. He tries to do as much damage as he possibly can. Whereas Orange Cassidy really just outlasts everybody. You know, mm-hmm. he's he, he's on the offensive a lot, and he does you know the Slumdog Billionaire. He does the the Orange Punch, but he really like lets the opponent blow their load excuse my french but on on the match and then he comes in and swoops in the opportunist to, to, very much like know, darby things. yeah but it, in the same sense darby goes after it uh orange st- stays back so to combine these two like you said a yin to a yang two small guys they kind of fit really well together doesn't make sense but it does when you put them in the ring it and does. they had a great match between sammy and daniel uh unfortunately they weren't able to get the win so sammy and daniel move on uh to face off a team against the team of uh, MJF and Adam Cole who won over Brian Cage and Big Bill which by the way great pairing with those two great pairing now that was a team that was my Very favorite random appealing. team though but it, it they worked that was your really favorite team really well aside from this one that got eliminated so far uh, Big Bill and Brian just work really well together and I really mm-hmm. have to give credit to Brian Cage there's I've never seen Brian work with somebody and it just didn't work right he works well with people when it comes to a tag team but he works well against people mm-hmm. and for being such a big guy he has has absolutely no he problem so taking quick. a bump for you if he likes you. And he moves You know, so he's quick. like Brock. I oh, know. He compliments. Incredible. You would think he, you put him in a ring with somebody like Orange Cassidy or Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara or Daniel Garcia, small, nimble, like agile guy, and you think, oh man, this is going to be classic. It, it's it's only over when the big guy gets a hold of the small right, guy. And right. It's completely the opposite. You know, the big guy's doing front flips. He's doing suicide dives. Exactly. He's doing, you know, all these crazy off the ropes and off the top turnbuckle and, and flippy floppy moves. And you're just like, damn, this dude can move. And Brian uh-huh. Cage, like, is just 
just phenomenal. He's so that. quick, but he'll take the bumps for you. He'll make you look really good. He mm-hmm. puts everybody everybody over. So yep. him pairing with Big Bill was just really fun. Uh, MJF at first said that he was not going to be able to make the match and try to get out of this one once more. And Adam Cole was like, get it together. Yeah, you know, get your head you, you got to be here. Uh, the two of them had just the absolute most hysterical promo for the I've Fight enjoyed, Forever I think video I've game. enjoyed the promos outside of their wrestling. Yeah, it's been great. It, it was uh, kind of a play off of like, what what was it? Um, the Rock and Mick Foley. Yep. Yep. The Rock playing and Playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've had a lot of interaction with MJF, a lot of ad- interaction with Adam Cole, uh, and especially with this rivalry starting, you know, they had that great uh, AEW World Heavyweight Championship match. Yeah. That How do you have such a good line. rivalry and then turn around and be best friends? I just, I, I love it. And we talked about this earlier, and I, I absolutely love that everybody is everybody's all about MJF right now. They think that this thing that he's doing with Adam Cole where he's being like the buddy, buddy guy, yep, good better cop, than bad you, cop, baby. better than you, better than you, baby. Like, I love it. MJF is never like, like latched on to another superstar Mm-mm. besides Chris he's Jericho. Doing, and he's, he's doing the intro with Adam Cole, like yes. getting down on his knees, doing the boom, yes, like the like, whole thing. Into it. Yeah. It's so good. And I absolutely love that. Everybody's buying into this. Everybody is looking at MJF and going, Oh my God, this is the, this is the greatest thing ever. I love MJF. Yep, take my money. I cannot <laughs> wait. I cannot wait until MJF, pulls that mask up and says something about being the devil and just fucking screws Adam Cole. And everybody goes from, yeah, yeah, fuck you. I fucking Uh hate you, MJF, you piece of shit. And it'll be the same breath. It's going to be, it is. It'll be a light switch. It will be the the stupidest thing. And you'll see MJF's face like twisted to like this, like, what am I doing as he hits Adam Cole over the head with the fucking belt or he right. cost him the tag championships but it's so exciting because every match that they have save file now you're yeah right now you're just like well I just want to see them hit that double clothesline like and I just want to I mean. see what's going to happen next he's so good at making people forget how much of a heel he is exactly like he's such a heel he makes you think he's not a heel right it's so good yeah and i'm so waiting every time we see him on tv i'm like this has got to be it this has got to be the week this is the week that he turns and he doesn't and i'm like not yet it makes me want it so much more. and and what does roddy have to do with this what does roderick strong have to do with this because every time adam cole is slated to have a match with mjf roddy's sitting there with his neck brace talking about you you trust this guy like you really trust this guy guy? so i don't know i feel like there's just so much to it you know roderick's in the back typical watching the matches you know from the back while they're happening like just being super judgy wondering why adam's so close to mjf and it's funny because adam's selling it like he's not yeah oh he's he's not my friend he's not my friend i'm just he's just he's all right he's an all right guy but if you notice like every week every single week adam cole gets a little bit more on the mjf train he's wearing the shirt He's giving him a high five. He's letting him do the intro, and he's you know like you're saying where he's like down by his feet, and he does the Adam Cole baby, and he doesn't bitch about it. You know, it's these little things, and it's it's MJF just reeling in Adam Cole, bringing him in, getting his guard down, and it's gonna be great because right when you don't think like oh my god they're gonna win the tag championships, oh my god this is gonna happen, oh my god they're gonna be the best friends ever, they're gonna he's gonna completely fuck over yeah. Adam Cole. I don't know where it's going, but this has got me I'm so interested. I really don't want it to end. Yeah, great 100%. idea. Great idea. One hundred percent. So again, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia picked up the win, and also MJF and Adam Cole picked up the win. So the two of them will be going head-to-head on Dynamite to see who's going to be the number one contender to face off against FTR. 
I don't know what's good. <laughs> I mean, what's going to come of this? Because FTR's got so much going on with Bullet Club right now, too. I mean, if you're going to bring really it up, we might as well bring it up. I mean, it, it, the I'd be match happy between, to talk about this. So they, they, whoever wins this blind tag gets a shot at whoever won this match, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. Uh, we had the match last week. Bullet Club Gold ends up getting the win, and they sets up a two that out was of three. A ride. Yeah, they set up a two out of three match for this Saturday. Right, this past Saturday, a collision. And I was joking when I said they should start this with that two out of threes, just throwing it out there, making a uh, like walking by you, making a joke. And I was pleasantly surprised because they did start it out. My God, what a way to start out collision! I it was crazy. This is what the fourth episode of collision. I think this is the fifth. Um, at this point, Either Juice way, Robinson I, has I've been a part of every it. single collision and has wrestled, I think, a combined total of like two and a half hours over these, these collision? collision matches. Yeah, which My is God. absolutely incredible. So it's it's I'm just so happy because so many people were so upset with what they were doing with Juice Robinson and Jay White, mm-hmm. uh, Bullet Club Gold, that they weren't AEW wasn't doing anything. Tony Khan was just wasting Jay White as a sign. And it just it, it was pretty obvious that they were just waiting for the debut of Collision to have another right. show to where they could just sp- spark this rivalry. And well, I think with to- them against FTR, it's been incredible. Well, I think Tony Khan, you know, probably bit more than he could chew and then was like, okay, well, let's... Now that we've got all of this talent, let's why not build? Like he said, we've got plenty of talent. Why not give them another platform? It's great. They've you built know? so they've many do, rivalries on just a, Collision. They've done such a good job with Collision. Like it really, I love it. like you were saying, it's just it's great to see that they had a big risk by putting a third AEW show, whether you like AEW or not. Uh, you know, and two and, hours too. It's yeah, not just on a Saturday, hour. and it's just been very, very good. Now that being said. I think the only problem they're going to have with Collision going forward is people watching live. Because I know you and I end up running into problems. We end up doing every, something every Saturday night. So come about yeah, we're dorks nine, D&D. Yeah, come about 9, 9.30, we end up shutting off Collision. But then we end up watching it the next morning. Somehow, oh, yeah. I know it's crazy, but we're able to stay inside of our social media bubble and not look on Twitter until the next morning <laughs> to where we can catch up with Collision. So um, it's been hard a little bit with normal life trying to catch up and watch another two-hour show. But it's been one of those must-watch I can't miss this match. I have to catch up on right, it in the morning. You know? Right. Unfortunately, though, when you add an additional hour like they did this weekend, it gets even worse because you have Battle of the Belts, which is another hour, and we're still not watching that. We had to watch that the next morning as right. well. So it's interesting is to see what their numbers would be for Collision, you know, and, and if they're considering the DVR d- d- versions of, of the show. But I digress for the 15th under time. Um, Two out of three falls match was the one that opened it up. FTR, Bullet Club Gold. And it was it was a hell of a match. We didn't have the first fall for what twenty. I think it went almost thirty minutes was before we ever 30? got one. Yeah, I think fall. it was like twenty eight and some change, or, or just under thirty. Yeah. Uh, and Bullet Club Gold ended up getting the first fall, yep, which I don't correct. think anybody saw coming. Um, the second one, we ended up seeing FTR getting the win, which. I mean, you got to do that in two out of three falls. When was the last time you saw two out of three falls happen in two? Right, which is exactly what I said when we were watching it. Of course, Bull- or, uh, FTR is going to get the second fall. And I think at that point, we were only about 30 minutes in. I don't think it wasn't it wasn't that much longer after the first one um, that they got the win. And it was a hell of a win. They, they uh, Jay White really put FTR through the ringer on that one. He was kicking out of everything he could uh-huh nothing was keeping him down and then I, if i remember right i believe they end up having to hit juice robinson so it kind of like save the integrity of jay white's 
you know, toughness. Yeah, Juice Robinson tapped. Uh, and then we ended up just, yeah, the, the rest of that match was just phenomenal. It, from beginning to end, it was one of FTR's best TV matches non-pay-per-view. It was. It and, of was. course, the Bullet Club Gold, they're just absolutely Laid it out on the Yeah, table. I mean, it was just pure wrestling. There wasn't any tables or ladders or gimmicks or explosives. Fifty-eight or minutes tacks. of pure just back and forth. Yeah, it maybe was just some minor stuff wrestling. here or there just to make it a little bit interesting. Some outside uh, stuff. Uh-huh. No outside interference. Nope. No dirty anything outside the the normal rule book of a tag match. I really thought it was a, just a solid sixty minutes. Of wrestling yeah. from FTR. Tag team wrestling's back. And Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, I mean, AEW's tag AW's division has been catching on fire recently. Um, I don't know what they're doing with the belts uh, as in regard to if they're going to move the belts or if they're going to keep them on FTR and then where we're going to go from here after this blind tag tournament, tournament, blind tag tournament eliminator tournament of doom. It, it's... There's so much going on in AEW with the tag teams right now. And it's, I know, it's and so it's crazy. Good. And you got your your AEW world champion, MJF, teaming up with Adam Cole to be facing potentially FTR, who are the tag team champions. I mean, is there even a possibility that they're going to give MJF and Adam Cole tag belts? I could I could see a storyline with it happening that uh-huh. way. Uh-huh. I Even could if see it, it that just way. A transitional champion. Because now you have super babyface and super heel on the same team as champions, and of course the super heel is going to want to keep the belts by any means necessary, mm-hmm. and so the goody two face is going to want to keep the belts. Sure. The most legitimate way possible, right? And, and it seems like Britt Baker's already getting pissed off. You know, I think Britt she Baker, called at one you point. You said Roddy's and, getting pissed off. Yeah. You know, not, very few people are going to be very happy with Adam Cole if he's tag champions with MJF. Uh huh. But if he does, like that's that's awesome storytelling for later on. Like that's that just really crazy is. to think. You know, they tried that with Roman, and people went ape shit. You can't have three belts. Roman three belts, and he does have three belts now. I know it ended up working out, anyways. Which I think we just saw something the other day, random. Uh, it's been over a hundred days, as far as I understand, that Roman Reigns has a hundred and four days as of today. He has not defended his belt. In the me- now that you mentioned that, I wanted to bring this up. I have been advocating for Orange Cassidy. To dethrone Roman Reigns as the top dog He's the dog only in one wrestling. that can do it right now. I did finally <laughs> look it up today. Orange Cassidy defended his intercontinental international yes. championship to, against Lance Archer on Battle of the Belts on Saturday. Yes. That was his 26th defense Correct. since getting the belt. Roman Reigns has only defended his belt in over a thousand days 28 times. That's incredible. And I think Orange Cassidy's only had it a little over 200. I don't even know how long he's had it, but yeah, yeah. it's it's a fraction. So It's not even a year. Roman Reigns who? I know. Orange My Cassidy's boy, coming Orange for you. Orange Cassidy. He's he coming for you. He's there. Are you Orange, kidding me? Orange Punch versus Superman? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> that might be the thing is they, they collide mid-ring and the, the, the world just I've ends. I've actually never thought about that. The two, <laughs> the two most prolific champions in each company. Yes, both use the same finisher. There you go. Keep it simple, baby. <laughs> so to add to Tony Khan's wonderful tournament list of doom, I swear to God, he must have like a, a little black book of just names of the tournaments he comes up with. But we've got the. Or he might be have one of those situations where he's like Charlie Kelly from 
Always Sunny, where he's got like the 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 wall where he's like got like pins, and he's like, oh, uh, Athena and Willow Nightingale, and there oh my is God, no he like wakes up from in the, the Indies. He wakes up, yeah. <laughs> there is no Willow from the Indies. There he is was, most like, definitely a Willow from the Indies, and they're all waiting for their paychecks and their mail. And they're shot at the uh, Owen Hart Cup championship and that yes. is that is what we have we have done over the last few weeks the men's and the women's division both have had an incredible opportunity to win something that they really haven't even begun to tiptoe on how incredible it is that Dr. Martha Hart has given AEW the opportunity to have an Owen Hart uh, tournament. Well, she sure certainly ain't going to the other company. No, 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 no. Of course not. We won't even dip into the tragedy that is Owen Hart's no. unfortunate end of his life and how his legacy was handled. No, but if you do want to see any of it, killed him. Dark Side of the Ring is on Hulu for a little bit longer. Actually, I think uh, it might be off as of today. No, I think it's got a couple more days. Either way, get on Dark Side of the Ring and stream it on YouTube so we can all watch but it. But at any forever. rate, Dr. Martha Hart has been nothing but respectful, vice versa, to Tony Khan. So we were able to have a, a tournament between, like I said, the men's and women's division. And we had this last year, uh, both Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Britt Baker ended up winning. This week, we ended up seeing Ruby Soho getting the win over Sky Blue, which was a great match. Great to see Sky Blue uh She's getting featured. a hell of a push. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, the social media that she's been getting recently has been insane, yeah. and not for her wrestling either. <laughs> um, but good on her. Glad to see her on TV. Ruby Soho gets the win. She was the one that actually lost to Britt Baker last year for the, uh, the Owen Hart championship. Right. Not the championship of the tournament. Um, and so then she we had also some, had, you know, she had some. She got a chip on her shoulder on this one. Yeah. She yeah. She really wanted shoulder. to win this one. So she ended up advancing. And then we also had a, I guess, a budding rivalry, a rivalry that is already developed between Willow and Athena. Yes. They ended up going toe to toe. And prior to this, Willow uh, challenged Athena that if she wins this match, I mean, maybe she should get a shot at that title. Athena said, well, maybe you should and agreed to it. Uh, again, not, I, uh, going back to what I said earlier, nothing's been officially announced as as far as no. I know right this second. No. But I do know that that is the rumored plans for Supercard of Honor is Willow versus Athena for the ROH Women's Championship. Now, she has faced her before. We were there in public. It was oh my God, an what a absolute ass-beating slobber knocker of a match. Uh, Willow just stood absolutely no chance. Now, since then... that's the second episode of ROH, if I remember right. Um, it was either the first or second because they recorded both nights in the same night that we were there. So it was hard to tell uh, which one was which because we watched it all right. in one huge like four-hour or five-hour chunk. Um, my ass was numb. That was incredible. Like Athena just absolutely annihilated Willow. So at this point, Willow has won and unfortunately lost the strong women's title. Yes. Um, and has a opportunity to go back at, you know, one on one with Athena at Collision. It was the main event and it was absolutely incredible. Uh, Willow finally got her shot, was able to have a really good back and forth with Athena, who is probably, I, honestly, the best women's champion in wrestling right now. She's Ooh. incredible. Ooh. She's so hard hitting. I honestly the dedication didn't of the think, characters yeah, immense. I didn't think anybody stood a chance at beating her. So the fact that Willow beat her for the main event of Collision was honestly incredible. I didn't see it going that way. Right. Well, I think the uh, unfortunate events that happened at uh, not Wrestle Kingdom was it Wrestle Kingdom when Willow won the uh, belt. No, it wasn't Wrestle Kingdom. Either way, when Willow ended up uh, wrestling, oh, Battle in the Valley. Yes. When uh, she LA. ended up wrestling uh, Mercedes Monet, uh, she ended up injuring her ankle 
and they pulled Mercedes an audible did, yes. and Willow ended up getting the championship. And I think when that happens or when that happened, it kind of put a spotlight on Willow. And I think Tony Khan kind of looked at it and went, well, we're going to run with this. Yeah, because he was the one that picked her to go up against Mercedes in the first place. So right, right. thankfully they've established a great relationship with NJPW and they did. They ran with it for a few weeks. That one might be a Willow, little stressed after the events of this night. Yeah. Willow had um, some great matches in ROH, was in Dynamite, you know, was definitely defending that title and, and having oh, yeah. her matches. So Just recently lost to Juliana in uh, stardom. Yep. So, I mean, great to see that belt moving around. And it was Julia. Julia, what did I say? Juliana? Juliana. Whatever. She's a French fry. Um but yeah, Willow and Athena had a hell of a match. Athena ended up coming up short and ended up losing to Willow. So Willow is now in the works of getting a title shot of the ROH women's title. Yeah, and moves forward to face Ruby Soho in the championship. And move forward. And I mean, we'll spoil it for you right right now. I mean, Ruby Soho coming up short again for the second year in a row. As I Willow thought got the I I, I honestly I thought Ruby was going to win it makes perfect sense two years in a row she's yep. been fighting for it she finally gets it yep. that makes sense and, and I then see Willow wins. winning it you know what I mean yeah and then Willow wins against uh, Athena so now she's got a title shot we've got Super Card of Honor next week it sets that up it was perfect I cannot believe Willow won they gave it to Willow yeah they gave it to Willow so then you got Willow Nightingale is the the Owen Cup. Owen Hart the women's Cup Owen Hart Cup tournament winner champion and yeah, we move belt, on to the main event of collision that night which is CM Punk versus Ricky Starks and I know one of the things that you said to me as the match was happening or kind of beforehand was hopefully they weren't just going to give it over to CM Punk after everything that's been happening I think he's been great I love him on collision I love the matches he's had but it seemed like this was such a good opportunity to give Ricky Starks a push. Right. CM Punk made him look great. And holy shit, Ricky I, Starks won too. I don't think you could have done it any other way but to give it to Ricky Starks over CM Punk. Interesting way to anybody, win, though. If it was anybody other than CM Punk on the other side of the ring, I feel like you could have had an argument as to who you would want to give it to. Right. But I feel like this is... This is homegrown this is that, talent. Well, yeah, this is that perfect example of CM Punk coming into AEW saying, I'm not trying to steal the spotlight from these guys. Right. I'm trying to push these guys into the spotlight. As they should. And I feel like this was an opportunity to do that. Now, the one thing they did real well with this is they gave it a little bit of extra at the end of it. Now, CM Punk and Ricky Starks have been on the same side with uh, the initial debut episode of AEW Collision. They had Team... Uh, CMFTR and Ricky Starks took on Bullet Club Gold and the Ass Boys, and they've kind of had a, a, an, a, an alliance since then. And yeah, they're doing interviews backstage. CM Punk right. has his arm around Ricky Starks. Always they're really trying to establish them, their great, like, good friends, you know, which is really really good. Uh, but then they end up, you know, having to go face to face in this match. And last week, when uh, this all kind of happened, Ricky Starks didn't seem like he was too excited about it, and might have just been, you know, some like pre-fight jitters or whatever you want but i think we kind of saw some uh truer colors from mickey after this match when he rolled up shocked. cm punk and he held the rope to get the win and i feel like when you do that to somebody which you kind of consider a mentor which is what they're selling this whole uh -huh. cm punk ftr and ricky starks thing is that cm punk's taking them all under the wing and be like i'm gonna boost you guys it just kind of feels like okay you gave this to a good talent that was deserving of it that 
is a homegrown AEW talent. Right. You didn't give it to the former WWE guy who's very controversial, who has already been out have, for a while, who has already made more T-shirt sales than uh, Ricky Starks has probably his entire four years of being in AEW. But you allow the story to have a little bit of life left. I over. loved it. Punk can come out. In next week, he can come out in and he's going six to. weeks and he's be gonna like, come out and say, I saw what you did. You didn't really beat me. Exactly. You sly dog. You got one over. Get back in the ring. Let's run it again. Right. And then Ricky can either get back in the ring and you can have a series with CM Punk to where, you know, it's just two guys going back and forth to prove who's the best. Or you can have Ricky develop back into that really good heel role that he's good in. And I think that's what they're doing. I I'm think, okay with that. I think because even when he won the match, ran up the ramp, and Jushin Liger, the legendary NJP, did I say it wrong again? No, you said it right. right. It's just what a good moment. He comes out, goes <laughs> to hand Ricky the trophy, and Ricky just kind of snatches out of his hand. Now, you got to think, this guy's a legend. Like, there's one of the most recognizable NJPW stars of all time. And he snatches it out of his hand. It got so much of attention that the owner of NJPW tweeted out, where's your respect right. in, with the clip? I don't so know what they're doing with it, but I'm loving it. So is it going to develop into some NJPW thing? Like, I'm, I'm totally I'm into it, but what a, what a, <laughs> so what a good. great way to just make Liger dry, like fly out. Come out to this event. I don't know right. where he's from. He might be from Canada too, but come out to this event, make this this appearance just to do that, shrug, and then that's the end of it. Right, yeah. It, it was just absolutely hysterical. I don't know. It just I felt like if Owen would have seen it, he would have laughed. Oh yeah. It was they great. just did such a good job of being like respectful to him, you know. I mean they got the Owen chance, they got a moment to kind of talk and and Martha gave them their cups and their praises and their belts and it mm-hmm. it, it was really fun. It was really cool. But uh I, yeah. The way that they did it with Ricky was great. Like you said, he absolutely deserved the win, but that little twist at the end was so was good. fun. There's so much to develop here. There's your there's your fucking long term storytelling, dickheads. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There's your little bit. You know, you've been yeah. wanting it, and Tony Khan's been taking a little bit longer, but I feel like he's starting to get it a little. Yeah. bit. Yeah, it's interesting though because there hasn't been any talk about Jay White uh, saying something to CM Punk about what he's got in his uh, red bag. I'm wondering if that's what we're we're slowly going to start seeing now that we've got uh, we got FTR and Ricky out of the way. Right now that those storylines have kind of cinched up for the time being, I'm wondering if it's going to start rolling together. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for AEW. We'll go over the matches and everything that's going to be happening upcoming this week at the right. end of the podcast. Lots of stuff coming up. Let's just move right on into again NJPW and their G1 climax on July 14th. There was a press conference. Basically, each block comes out, as we said before. There's, what, eight guys in each block? Eight per block, uh, 32 overall, so four blocks. So right, you end so up having two blocks, so 16 guys were out uh, sitting at little tables in front of a camera. And we, we honestly got I didn't even know what to expect. The only reason we ended up watching it was uh, we heard that Eddie Kingston had did some... Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston shit. Yonkers so shit. we were like, okay, well, <laughs> let's check it out. And we I weren't fired doing it up. anything. Uh, it was for free on NJPWWorld.com. Uh, it's still there if you want to watch it. We, you know, we had a moment where we had like half an hour to ourselves, so we sat down and threw it on the on the uh, on the laptop, and we started watching it. And 
My God, I have never been more entertained by a press conference. It was probably what I an hour and a half. I didn't know what to expect, but everybody, yeah, it was about an hour and a half, and so did, everybody got a moment to basically <laughs> say whatever they wanted to say or, or not say or say nothing. If, um, I, I, I like there's. There were so many moments. Tomohiro Yushi came out. There were the, so many he only moments. Said, there's more. To, there's more to set up before you get. Well, into really, this. all right, okay, all right. Basically, from what I can understand and what I get, well. what I get from this is that it's supposed to be like a black tie event. You're supposed to be dressed it's professional, up really nice. It's a press conference. There's You're press presenting there. the company that you are right. working for. Like you need to be a professional. Now, even I thought, baseball players tuck their goddamn shirts. Sure, on. I thought it was going to be more like the press was going to have. Have some like questions for like the people that were there, the wrestlers yeah, a, a, that were a there. Standard press conference. Yeah, press you know, Sonata. To, to who what, are you, you know. looking forward to going up against? Right. You know, things like that. That was not in the slightest what it was. So basically, they it's took a moment. I didn't know they I introduced every person. Everybody got a chance to sit down. Um, there wasn't like no particular pairings when people were sitting down because they were just putting people next to each other, and it was you know people in the same faction, people in different factions but it was like two people at each like desk and they were just lining all the guys up and then one by one they called each and every one of them up and every one of them had like they you had said, something, something to, say. to say or possibly nothing really to say at all and you had anywhere from as short as tomohiro ishii saying i'm gonna beat the crap out of everyone up here that was his yep. entire speech or great Khan said no comment and, and then walked, walked off the stage to you had oh my god there was just so many el phantasmo i don't know is selling a throat injury to where he can't speak. Yeah, he tried to talk. So and he couldn't talk. <laughs> you know, covered up, talk, the, covered up the throat. Walks up to the announcer and hands him his phone. Chris, I can't remember his last and name. And he like kind of motions like, I need you to speak for me, like announce for me. So the announcer starts reading his speech off of his phone. And I can't even describe like it's. It is the most ridiculous shit talking from a man who is not saying a word and his using his body to like go Script with well, everything. The, it was the it was that and Zack Saber Jr. shows up. He walks completely around the entire place, goes the in the crowd, does a mic test for what thirty five, forty five seconds, runs up, puts the mic back, yells, "I'll do my best," and then goes and sits down. <laughs> it was. It was interesting because if you didn't know who people were, there were a few people that I didn't know who they were. You got a lot from this interview because you could talk for, I mean, I swear Alex Coughlin went five minutes or like oh my you God, said, that promo Great Ocon was, was five, five seconds. If you watch anything from it, I really do think that Alex Coughlin put his heart and his absolute soul and what he yes. did and some people like you said make me laugh so hard i was like and of course it had to be the american guys of course we're just so goofy the the one guy what was it shane hasty showed up he showed up in the dumb and dumber uh the orange, the orange tuxedo oh my god it was just so incredibly funny but some it, people took it very lighthearted. some people took it very seriously it seemed like and you you had said it perfect it was either you were showing up and talking shit about your opponent that was coming up, or you were talking shit about NJPW as a company. Right. And they didn't care what you did. No. There was no stopping anybody from saying anything. Again, i.e. Alex Coughlin, please do watch it. Oh, my God. Yeah. There was no, like, one of the hardest, cut off your one mic. One of the hardest promos 
of not just NJPW, not the G1 Climax, one of the hardest promos of the year. I've ever, yeah, I've ever watched. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it really did have his entire heart and soul into it. It was great. You know, Will Ospreay said, I just came off a win from Kenny Omega. Why aren't more people talking about me? Right. Um, like you said, Tamahiro Ishii was like, I'm just, I'm going to beat everybody's ass. It was just so fun to see what people had to it say. It got us excited. Like we, I, it did. We've, it really did. Recently, and I've said this before on the podcast, I've been getting into NJPW. I've grown to really love the style, uh, and I've been wanting to getting into watching it on a weekly basis. I wasn't sure what to expect out of this press conference, but by the time of the press conference was over, by the time I had seen all 32 of these men and we did. We Ta- sat there oh, and yeah. watched all of Every it. single one. The only thing we skipped was the, the entrances. They they just introduce them, they walk out, and they sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it got me so excited, and now I was I was ready for the next day where you had eight matches between all between A block and B block, and it got me so excited for this. Mm-hmm. It really did. It was one of those like, oh my god, whether <laughs> they were made me laugh or they made me like cry from frustration watching yeah, their promos and how good it. it was i wanted to see every single one of these matches it's it's a round robin so everybody in the block will, will wrestle everyone so there's a, a minimum seven fair. matches um so everybody wrestles everyone it's based on a point system two points if you win one point if it goes to a draw zero points if you lose and it's got me so excited i'm ready for i, I think the next i think the new one's on tonight at 4 a.m. So we'll end up being able to watch right. it tomorrow. I'm more excited for that than I am for the bloodline for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for so the women's good. heavyweight championship that Rhea's so holding. It's so good because like, again, like the 20 minutes, it was so quick. Like you didn't, you saw a lot, like you got a lot from these wrestlers, but there was so much that you like, you didn't see. So mm-hmm. you want more. You want to see who these people are facing next. And the second the matches were over, you know, the winner, it would show them walking out and it would say, okay, this person is facing this person on the next time. And it was like, oh my God, oh, I yeah. can't. I'm instantly hyped. Instantly. I can't believe this is happening next. So it's just, just that, but just that incredible. match between El Phantasm or not El Phantasmo. Who was it between? Uh, oh, Gabriel Kidd and uh, I just forgot his name. Owens. I mean, it was the match was, I guess, longer than it should have been. It was less than twenty minutes, but it went longer because they didn't start the match because he just came out and beat the shit out of him. The first yeah, Gabe eight Kidd minutes. Yeah, just attacked him. And again, nobody stopped. Gabe Kidd's another one. I am like nipples oh, hard to watch I'm this fired kid. Up. He, is he beat the pure, shit. He's like a pit bull yeah. with three testicles. Like, he beat it's, the it's, shit it's, out of Chase Owens outside Chase of the Owens. ring. And Chase Owens got the win. Well, he said, I've been through three generations of Bullet Club. I'm not losing now. He's like, I'm not. Yeah, he's like, I'm for life. Like, But, but that right there, that is the perfect example. Gabriel Kidd wipe the floor with Chase Owens for seven, eight straight minutes, threw him through barricades, chairs, into the crowd, destroyed the stage, threw him over things, under things, into things. And as soon as they got into the ring, Chase Owens hits him with a knee and it changes the entire dynamic. They went back and forth and Chase Owens gets the win. And it's like, how does, what, like watching it, it was... Phenomenal. Well, and, and on the way out, Gabe Kidd is like ripping the barricades apart. And they're talk- Kevin Kelly's talking about how he might be suspended or right. he might get disqualified from the G1 because he's destroying the set. And it was like, wow, this is just, it's so good. They it didn't is. just have the matches. They made sure everything was just so intricately done. Um, uh, 
God, pardon me, you're going to have to help me on this second day, the one we just watched. We watched a match and we thought, oh, we're just going to skip over this really quickly. And we sat there for about two seconds watching it. Was it Hiroki Goto? Yes. And Toriano? Oh, my God. We were dying. It was absolutely hysterical. But it was such a good match. It was there so was, well done. The first few minutes, exactly. We were crying. We were laughing so hard. I was like, but I then can't the second, turn this. The second half, we were like, yo, these guys can go. These guys can throw hard. Like, uh-huh. they're hitting hard. They're throwing moves. Like There was it, a spot where they were both about to, like, Irish whip each other into the barricade, and they went back and forth. Oh, the like, infinite Irish whip? It just kept going and kept going, and somebody's like, by God, let go of the other guy. You know, Kevin Kelly's yelling at them, and I was crying laughing they the they, exchange under the ring was just oh my god oh with your uh yanu's uh like I, I don't know if it's like his like mascot <laughs> no, or whatever like french fries or something oh, it was so ridiculous good. but it, it it has the best combination of silly goofy japanese wrestling and that serious oh my god how is he still alive wrestling right i Will Ospreay getting the loss yeah in that first one after to youtube guy killing will Ospreay. It was so it, it was so well thought out and so well done. So there, good. It wasn't you couldn't just sit there and be like, oh, I know exactly who's going to win all of this because you would have been wrong. David Finley wiped the floor with Ishii there at the end of their match. Oh, poor Ishii. I mean, wow. You want to put each other over the Stone Pitbull and David Finley, like the the new leader of Bullet Club. He's definitely one. He's definitely one that I, I've got my eye on is david finley i can't believe how strong he is he picked up ishii like he was a a sack of potatoes yeah it was yeah. incredible now here's what i think and we we talk about this all the time off off mic obviously um i think that there's going to be some like really big drama with the bullet club this year i think that david finley is taking uh you brought up the name of war dogs that is alex coglin and uh gabe kid they are the tag team known as the war dogs within the bullet club and they've literally been described as just guys to bring bodies like that's what they're there to yeah, do yeah david finley said if you don't belts. have gold you bring bodies and they've got gold they've got the njpw yeah. strong tag team champions championships and they're not stopping they're absolutely just and it's a much it's only more the beginning for these vicious guys. version of the bullet club it's right yeah. back to what david david finley said that he's going to turn it into a no longer a t-shirt club really think that got showcased this week when you had gabe kid taking on uh chase owens chase owens i'm having a hard time tonight guys i'm sorry um to where they're both bullet club but like there's a viciousness. Factions, yeah. There's a viciousness from yeah. the war dogs, and I think that's going to be a, a, a what's going to mm-hmm. split the Bullet Club into two different factions that yeah. will war. Gabe Gabe Kid was laid out, and Chase Owens had just won, and he walked up to Gabe Kid on the ground and gave him the you the know too sweet. too sweet, and was like, huh, and kind of walked off, you know, like. And and kind said, of a, kind you know, of grabbed the you. mic and was like, "I've been through three generations of this. Like this kid isn't going to take me out." Yeah, so. like, I'm, fu- I'm Bullet Club for life. You know, so very interesting because, again, we have AEW's uh, Bullet Club faction there as well that just gained the guns. Yes. It could bleed over very well. The forbidden door is always open. It's not closed. Speaking of AEW and NJPW, you've got Eddie Kingston, who one of the reasons why we're watching the G1 climbing. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Kingston. He could have lost every single thing. I I was just so stoked for him because if you know anything about Eddie Kingston, it's been his absolute dream to wrestle in Japan. And here he is. He beat 
Kenta for what is it? The Defy Championship? No, no he, for the Kenta uh, has a Defy Championship now. I'm he sorry. is now the NJPW Strong Openweight Champion. Okay, but at any rate, he went to Japan, won that from Kenta, which is absolutely huge. Go ahead and fact track yourself. You got a moment. Um, w- was able to to win that championship, and now here he is, right in the G one, which is huge i mean yeah, yeah he, there's 32 guys but to have an opportunity to be a part of this is not something to be taken lightly and well he even even he killed it he even said when he debuted in uh Karukan hall against kenta that this is his dream is to wrestle for njpw in japan for some of the best fans of of pro wrestling and now he's involved in the best tournament of professional wrestling of all time I couldn't imagine he must be over the moon, and then he gets the he gets his first match as a win. Like even if he loses, like you said, the rest of the matches for the rest of the block. I mean, it's I, I'm 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 so excited for Eddie to be able to have this opportunity. And yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see like maybe he's not going to be such a slouch as everybody probably assumes he's going to be. In not that he's I'm saying he's lazy, but no, no, no. You know, I'm sure he's the he's the underdog. You know, it's the first time of he's course. been in, in Japan wrestling in NJPW. It's the first time he's been in a uh, a tournament of this size. This, you know this what I mean? Caliber. So, I, I, a a lot of things going against him, and to have him win that first match to get those two points yeah. to start off on the right foot. Oh, That's so huge. Uh, real quick, I was just going back to fact check you to see. And yes, Eddie Kingston is the NJPW Strong Openweight Champion. That was correct. I have a brain and I know how to use you it sometimes. You did it. I just wanted to point out that I just saw an article that came out from today that said that Eddie Kingston challenges Shingo Takagi to face him at AEW All In or All Out. Ooh. So there nice. we go. Now let's see. The Forbidden Door is always open. Now we're talking about having matches in, in England. Yeah, but that's in that's in the... Is he talking about his match in the G1 Summit? No. Just a separate one? Like, hey, yeah. I'm doing this G1 Summit, but if you want to fight, yep. let's do that too. Eddie has challenged Shingo for either all-in or all-out pay-per-view. Now it's your call, Tony Khan. Well, goddamn. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for wrestling. That's this because been... they, they had a match... They had a match at uh, G1. Right. That was who he faced at G1. So he said he wanted a rematch at either All In or All Out. Gotcha. And that's what's great about AEW is it's just so exciting. You don't know when it's going to bleed over. You know, people like John Moxley and Claudio are like, hey, we have our work visas. We can come over to Japan whenever we right. want to. Right. And I'm sure John has plans to do that because you don't get a work visa for Japan just to well, go there know. once. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so lots of stuff going on with, with uh, the G1 Summit. Uh, like I said, the first two episodes, 16 total matches. Uh, you've got Sonata takes on Hikaleo. Uh, Taishi takes on Will Ospreay. You've got Mikey Nichols taking on Aaron Hernare. Oh, we haven't watched that one yet. As weird as it is, and I don't, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or if anybody thought the same thing, my favorite match of night one, by far, Shota Umino and Ren Narita. What a oh, yeah. fucking Ending in the draw. stellar, stellar match these two are like the super young well you got just a, graduated you got young Ren Narita, you've got Shota Umino you've got Gabe Kidd and you've got Alex Cobbling all have recently Fresh graduated talent. from being a young lion right 
being a young lion in NJPW is basically you're a trainee. You're somebody who's trying to make a name. You're trying to be a part of the community. You're trying to be a part of the company. Right. And in doing so, you have to basically do your chops, do your licks, get your... Get your your, get your ass in, beat you know by I mean? Ishii, and that's like the whole You gotta set the rings up. You gotta set chairs up. Yes. You gotta break down and set up everything. And, and you also have to a, apprentice in a different country. Now, some some companies will let you pick where you go, but some companies decide for you. And I actually right. read a blog from Shota Umino when he graduated that he was able to go to England. Uh, will Osprey said, "You know, I got you. I'll take care of you if you're out here." Right. And he stayed with like three or four people that were not wrestlers. He said it was super weird and it was just horrible the whole time but that's what you gotta do that's part of graduating is working in other places it's earning your stripes in the company you're trying to you're basically trying to prove to them like i'm willing to go through hell right for this company right training you're giving me and the opportunities that you're giving me and the spotlight you're giving me i'm willing to drag myself through hell to give that to you and then they after they do go through that period of being international from where they are they come back to japan right they pick their faction and that's when the story starts so like you you said all four of these guys have recently picked their their faction a lot of that gets played in alex coglin's promo he talks about being in the la dojo because that's the americanized uh Mm -hmm. version of njpw here is the uh, la dojo um, and he spent Shibata's running that he moved from New York to L.A. to be there. And he goes into what he had to sacrifice and what he wasn't able to attend right. big, major life, you know, changing events that he wasn't able to experience because he was committed to the NJPW lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And my God, what a promo. What a, what an absolute I, I'm so ex- excited for the rest of the G1. We've literally just started. Just There's the tip so of the iceberg. More. They're only just beginning some rivalries. They've obviously got people who have hated each other for a long time that are in this, but it's just so interesting because, you know, there wasn't a bad match that we watched. No. There wasn't one single one that was worth skipping. We it was put it on very intriguing. We put it on going, okay, we're going to start watching it. If we get kind of bored on a match, we'll skip over it, go to one we want to watch. Never got bored. We never got bored. We never, we were watching people we've ne- we've hardly ever heard of. That we just recently heard of. Yep. The announcers and, were great. Oh the refs God. are great. Atmosphere was great. And it just flew by. Hours. Hours oh, of yeah. watching this just absolutely flew by. We'd go to the bathroom, take a break, and be like, what What matches next? We'll probably end up watching some more after we get done recording this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So do yourself a favor. Head on to, uh, what is it, NJPW World? NJPWworld.com. It's 999 yen, which comes out to like $7.70. You get, I mean, they've... And they have their entire schedule there. They have English uh, announcing. They also have Japanese if you're into, into Which that. Which is a ride if you want to watch it. If you're not into people announcing, if you're used to your Michael Coles and your JRs and you don't want to go outside that, that purview, I highly suggest loading up the Japanese, uh, ta- or the, uh, Japanese announcing because, number one, they get hype. They get hype. <laughs> if you don't understand the words, you don't need to worry about it because the emotion they bring in their announcing is yeah, more than enough. You feel it. It radiates. And then even that, half the time when I'm watching wrestling, I'll admit to you, I don't listen to the announcing. Jamie will laugh at something and then oh, I will big, have to look at her and be like, what did they say? I'm terrible I'm a big with it. Dork. So Japanese, I love listening to it. The Japanese announcing is my favorite. It's intense. It's but great. like I said, it's like just under eight bucks. You get at least 
once a week you got wrestling, if not twice a week, because they usually have a Japanese show and then they have the NJPW mm-hmm. Strong, which is the um, the American dojo. Right. Um, Japanese get... talent is just incredible too. Oh yeah. And, and again, you know, it's not just Japanese talent. There's people from Australia, from England, from oh, yeah. the United States that all are, are all integrated in there. And one thing I do like, one thing, I, and I don't think a lot of people talk about this with NJPW World is you get some of the pay per views. Mm-hmm, you do, but they're in Japanese. That's the only. Yeah. That's the only drawback is they're in Japanese. It's not a drawback do, though. If really, you don't mind that if you have, especially if you have people over and you're not listening to the announcers. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to go. Absolutely. We've watched like two or three pay per views for free because they have it on there in Japanese. So it's well worth. It's in my opinion, it's more. It's worth it more than Peacock is. Yeah. It's even worth it more than ROH. Yeah, and it is one of those things we've talked about ROH, you know, about subscribing to them, and you'd be surprised who's on there. You'd be surprised who has been a part of NJPW if you don't know anything about it. I mean, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers is Eddie Guerrero, and he spent time there. So it's, it's Oh, one of legendary career. You would be really surprised to know if you don't know anything about NJPW who, John Moxley. who spent time there, Andre the Giant and Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Hogan was an amazing Japanese wrestler mm-hmm. that when he finally came back over to the States, and signed to WWF again, not signed to him again, but got more involved in WWF as a product, turned into a shitty-ass wrestler. But he had a legendary run in uh, in Japan, like you said, Andre the Giant, uh, Big Van Vader. Uh, it, he was he was big in Japan. You also had uh, Prince Albert, if yeah, you remember him. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. Uh, Lord Tensai, uh, his name was like Big Greg or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, so many people. Owen Hart, he had an illustrious yeah, career in Japan. Um, there's a reason why Japan's been around in like one of the best meccas for right. wrestling. If you're only a WWE fan, you may not know that. You know, I grew up just a a pure for WCW oh, yeah. fan at first, and then WWE WWF fan. So oh, see, I was they never w- they never talked about really Japan. They never had a a really big relationship mm-hmm. like AEW does now, to where they they talked about people's time within the company. Right. So as an adult, when I finally got introduced to this Japanese wrestling, and you go back and you're like, that's where Eddie Guerrero mm-hmm. went. Holy shit, that makes so much sense. You know, yep. you, you find out about what happened to people's lives and they go and they do stuff like this to, to get better. Or right. Look at Sasha Banks. And how many times have you, you know? seen Japanese wrestlers back in the 90s show up and you're like, I have no idea who this guy is, but he's awesome. And then you never see him again. Mm-hmm. Again, Jushin Liger was one of them. Right. He'd show up and you're like, this dude looks like a bad guy from a Power Rangers episode. Yeah, for sure. And he's doing all these flippy moves and he's doing this cr- these, all these crazy things. You're like, oh, this is awesome. And like, where do I find out about Back then, there was no Google. I couldn't just... Now they like, said who's tapes. The, who's the bald guy with a leather vest going, hell yeah, on TV? You couldn't <laughs> you couldn't search for that, even right. with, with WWE. But uh, really digging this Jap- the, the Japanese style, really digging this NJPW... Uh, Really encouraging anybody and everybody who is a wrestling fan to go and check it out. It's yeah, follow us is, on this journey. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna be tweeting about it. We won't be tweeting live on. No, uh, we're not getting up that early. Mark no, goes, no. Mark gets up that early to go to work, but we're not watching wrestling that early. All right, guys, we're gonna wrap up this episode by going over everything that's gonna be happening this week in AW and WWE uh, wrestling. And we're not gonna go over everything NJPW because yeah, we already told you there's about that. Sixteen matches, they're all fighting each other. Just go to njpwworld.com. It'll it'll show you who's going. But we're going to be watching all that, too. Yes. So as far as WWE and AW, we're going to hit you real quick with the espresso shot. 
and go over the matches. We got, well, not this isn't going to be a match. Brock Lesnar returns to respond to Cody Rhodes. I have a suspicion he's going to say yes to that match. Alpha Academy I are taking Vince on... I think said yes to that match. Yeah. Alpha Academy are taking on the Viking Raiders in a Viking rules match. We've already seen this happen before. I don't know what Viking rules means. There are no rules. There I think, are I think no that, rules. I think that is the idea of a Viking rules. I think it's just a no DQ match. Yeah, that would make sense. They're going to steal their jacket back. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are taking on the Judgment Day. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez are taking on Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville for the Women's Tag Team Championship. And I thought... I almost thought we read incorrectly when I saw that Gunther is taking on Riddle, uh, even though that's already happened as well. Now, didn't that happen at uh, the last pay-per-view in in just a few weeks ago? Yes. On SmackDown, we have the WWE United States Championship Invitational Fatal 4-Way Match. God, you would have thought Tony Khan booked this. Uh, LA Knight, Cameron Grimes, Rey Mysterio, and Sheamus are going in a four-way match, and the winner will be taking on United States Champion Austin Theory. That's actually wrong. I wrong. did. I did the same thing. Oh no, no, no! They will be facing there the winners go. of the four way that will be happening at that already Raw happened. That happened last week with the winner being Santos Escobar. There you go. There I, we go. I got corrected I very rudely by somebody on Twitter thanks when for, I said that exact same thing about yep. the match that happened on Monday. Yep. Thanks to the people that love to call us out on Twitter. I love um, the interaction that we get on Twitter. It's only it's only negative. Very when we, positive. When or I very say negative. The wrong Hold thing. on. We can't say we can't say anything too bad because I have two people that I want to shout out on Twitter. If you don't mind, we have at Wade Ilson, first off, that's a great name, and at Carly Cruz ninety three. Thank you both. both I, on Twitter. I, I swear, I thought I was getting trolled because two people individually went out of their way to tag us on Twitter post uh, recommending. Uh, Additional wrestling podcasts, podcasts yeah. to other people. That so thank you their so own. much. So like really, from the bottom you. of our heart, we really do appreciate it. It it warms our heart that you think that other people should listen to two people that talk about wrestling in their bedroom. Um, but we also have on AEW coming up on Dynamite, we have Adam Cole and MJF will be taking on Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara for the finals in the blind tag team tournament. Uh, winners will get a shot at the AEW tag team champions, FTR. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kota Ibushi will be taking on John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Will Yuta, Kanosuke Takeshita, and Pac in a blood and guts match on Wednesday. And you I You heard it. It happened. Abushi is coming. Pac? I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad I mean, at it either. It, and it was if one they of those, had to like, pick somebody who was going to be intense and like have a moment. And has a rivalry with Kenny Omega. Right. But it I makes just sense. It was not I didn't know who to expect. But Pac was not on my bingo card. No, same. Not in the least bit. Same. I figured somebody from Japan. I f- yeah, I figured again with some th- somebody BCC Shota. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. But Shota, I, mean, I guess would have made sense. But he's in the G one, so with the G one going on, I guess they didn't have as much of an opportunity to bring some people over. But it was it was very interesting because you said, "Is that Pac?" I'm like, "Why would he be out here?" And it was mm-hmm. it was him. So you know he. It's super quick. He's a big dude, but he can he can move very quickly. It's kind of like agile. Cassidy, you know, like Brian Cage we were talking about before. He's very he's like agile. a mini version. Of, it's it's like if you take Brian Cage and you shrunk him down. Uh huh. He's uh, fast. He's quick, but it's gonna make sense for this for this BCC oh yeah, dynamic. And of co- of course, with the two cages with you know golden oh yeah. lovers on the other side. 
anything's possible. Uh, also on AEW Rampage, we'll be seeing the return of the Royal Rampage. Now, remind me, I don't remember what a Royal Rampage is. So basically what happened is they already have it set up for Blood and Guts. They already have the two, the two rings set up. What they did last year was they had like a Royal Rumble kind of thing. People would That's slowly right, with the tag team come champion, in. Or with the tag teams, right? It wasn't tag teams. It, it was singles, but there were a lot of tag teams that were in it. Like Keith Lee and Swerve were in it, and that was when they were starting to have That's like right. the animosity between them. And I think at one point, uh, Swerve tried to throw Keith Lee out and Keith Lee caught him or something like Vice that. Vice versa, something so like that. So it has some it tag now. teams in there and it's a great way to to throw like uh, an interesting dynamic with the people that they put in there. I think there was like 20 guys last year and right. they could just throw a bunch of random people in there, but they've already had uh, Ethan Page, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy say that they were going to be a part of the Royal Rampage and then uh, Jay year's. Lethal, yes, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh are also going to be a part of it as well. So now you already have that, that it could go the three of them versus yeah, the other three. Had a funny and then within already. their own storyline. Because, I mean, Matt Hardy and Ethan Page aren't even supposed to be on the same page. It all started off with them being on the opposite. And then Matt got his contract after Ethan had Matt's contract. And now they're like on the same page with Isaiah. Well, now it's, it's kind of the so same. Good. It's kind of the same. Same thing as when Matt was in that position. Right. It was, I don't have a choice, so I'm going to embrace this because if I'm embracing it, it sucks less. Yes. And now, and now Ethan that's Page what Ethan's is doing. doing. Yeah, he's embracing it, looking for a way out, but no, there's no way out. So he's like, whatever, I'll just do this. Right. Thing. So I don't know if there's going to be anything between maybe Matt Hardy and Ethan Page or, again, obviously the opposite side with Jeff and Jay and Satin right. Singh being they in there. Always, they've always got controversy yeah. with somebody. But it's going to be fun nonetheless because they already have the two rings set up. Um, last year, Brody King was the winner, so... Yeah, it's we'll all, it, keep it with the big guys and let them win. I mean, look at the career he's had since he won that match. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it'll definitely be interesting uh, come Rampage next week. But we also have AW Collision we will be seeing. And this was just recently announced. Speaking of Brody. Uh, the House of Black, Brody Matthews, Brody King, and Malachi Black. The AW Trios champions will be defending their belts against the acclaim of, of Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, and daddy-ass Billy Gunn. Yes. Now, they said they worked their way up. Um, when they were on collision this week and right. said that they worked their way all the way back up to the top yep. of the trios division and uh, that they're going to be having another match against that them is on a collision. Very tall, very large tree to climb to the top to of when the house. And of those Black. are two completely different tag teams. Oh yeah. Well they, they couldn't just be had, further in personality. They just had uh the uh match between the Kings of the Black Throne, which is yes. Brody King and Malachi Black taking on in there were the two or three websites I looked at I couldn't find their name every single one of them they must not even announce them <laughs> they have no literally there Canadians. is no other name but to call them jobbers like there's nothing else they just absolutely decimated these two poor guys um just to, as they do and it's I, that's just to further push this Andrade Alidolo storyline they've got going with them they have his mask he wants mm -hmm. his mask back by the um, way great job of uh, Ian Riccoboni on collision this not week the first time Idolo no, well, no, I wasn't actually going to make fun of him. That was Kevin Kelly, by the way. But Ian Riccoboni was on uh, AEW Collision this week because Kevin Kelly was over in New Japan doing the G1 Climax. Uh, if you got an opportunity to see Ian Riccoboni's outfit, he was all dressed up for the uh, the occasion in Canada. Oh, the the Dollar General version of JR's Barbecue? <laughs> yeah, in the, in the pink. In the pink, <laughs> pink salmon-colored shirt with a white cowboy hat that was about a size too big for his head. Yeah, it was great. It was good. It was really good. But uh, I think that'll do it. Um, 
like I said, lots of lots of wrestling this week between a ton. WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, NJPW, Impact. Eric Young's back in Impact yeah. Wrestling. Congratulations, Trinity back to won him. a belt. Um, Trinity's the the Impact Women's Champion, yeah, knockout. knockout Champion. Yep. Uh, speaking of no- women's knockout, got to give a shout out to our girl ODB. She just recently got married in the past yep. couple of weeks. So much stuff happening. Killer Kelly and uh, Masha Slamovich picked up the women's tag team belts as well. Yep. And also to top the, all the news off. Maki Ito has expressed an interest in going to AEW. I am, all I am for really it. excited am, about that. I am 100% Maki Army. Let's go I all mean, day. you want John Silver to get happy. You're going to tell you me go. Maki Ito's in AEW? John Silver and Maki Ito. When, when is Maki Ito joining the Dark Order? Uh, she's already been a part of it. the Dark Order. There you go. But I think that Thanks will do Thanks for listening. It. Yeah, thank you uh, again Make sure for... if you haven't already, you follow us on Twitter where we rant, rave, uh, sometimes just, mostly rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's most of it. But we follow all of these exciting uh, social media platforms at CAW Wrestling Pod. Yes, but we Twitter. make sure that we tweet all these live events between AWWE. You'll see us doing the G1 climax as well this week. Make sure you time, follow us if you haven't already. Yeah, follow us at CAW Wrestling Pod, and that's on every platform, whether we post on it or not. It's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Threads. That's a new thing that uh, mm-hmm. Instagram's come out. It's trying to dethrone uh, Twitter. I don't think I've actually opened it since I downloaded it, but we're on at CW Wrestling Pod at, at Threads. Hey, we even are uh, updating Wikipedia pages now, so yes, you just never your, know where you're going to see Keep your Wikipedia us. pages up to date, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but you, you can find me in my own personal Twitter at CW, or I'm not at CW Wrestling Pod. My personal Twitter is at Gunk Dudley. And I'm at a bacon party. And make sure you start every week with a fresh cup of coffee and wrestling and wrestling podcasts as we post new episodes every Monday on every podcast platform you could ever imagine even the ones you couldn't imagine that they actually have podcast platforms on i'm turning british thank you so much for joining us and we will see you in the next episode